the brewery smelled so good yesterday. That was I think awesome. it was yesterday, right? Yeah. I think it was you, Justin. Oh, you were saying cinnamon. that's a top five smell day. It is. Oh, it's it a top is. five yeah. smell day. Cinnamon yeah. day. <laughs> cinnamon day. <laughs> I love it. I'm still not used to it. I do love it. I know. It still catches me off guard. I'm going to level with you. Forgot that we talked about smell days. Mm. Forgot about that. It was a good pod. Yeah, it was. Um, I just forgot that we talked about cinnamon and smell days. Kind of like one last twist of the knife to rub it in that I missed that entire week of like anniversary and Kenosha being packaged. And And you missed the top five smell day. Yeah. Yeah. Well... It wasn't the same without you, Chad, but welcome back. We do the anniversary party on the same weekend every year, bud. <laughs> he's, he's right about that, actually. That is a you problem. It is the same. It's literally the same. Every- <laughs> yeah. Hey, Danny just bodied you. I have no comeback. I have no response to that. He just completely leveled you. Yeah. Just one shot roundhouse to the face. Yeah. Sweet chin music. Shawn yep. Michaels. Finish him. Face. Yep. Uh, what about you, Luke? Is is Cinnamon Day for Kenosha Kickers a top five smell day for you? Uh, that's always a good one. I just like any uh, any Imperial Stout day, though. Mm. Mm. You know uh, what? That uh, would be the response I'd expect from you. I love that. Yeah, of course. Those brew days give me a headache sometimes, though, for whatever reason. It's a you problem, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is. The <laughs> title of this episode is That's a You it's Problem. A you problem. <laughs> I remember the first, or maybe the only, Big John Brew Day, I like went home. I was like up here just like... Like my head was in a fog. I had a big headache. Was, Is it I, possible that there was I just, just something else? Like, or well, potentially, but hopefully not. Like, were you just hungover? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think that was like a Tuesday. Well, okay. That doesn't mean that anything. Doesn't mean anything. We, we can't rule that you out. You solo guess, domed a pork barrel <laughs> family tradition on like a Wednesday once. That was a Thursday once. Okay. You know, it's like it's like almost a weekend. It's <laughs> close. I suppose so. Yeah. Uh, welcome back to the pod, Luke. Yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah. Um, this one I'm trying to like, it's like, do you know when there's like something that you're like actively trying not to look at, but then you just keep looking the at camera? it? camera? Yeah. So it's, I do, <laughs> I, I, I was, was like trying not to call attention to it, but it's our first like mm-hmm. video potential podcast. Yeah. Chad was asking about it like pre-recording. Uh, we're going to give it a whirl. Yeah. Um, I love it. You know, we might have some clips, a clip, no clips, a full video. I don't know yet. Do I have we? a face for radio. So I was just trying to figure out what yeah, was happening. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, the camera's kind of far away, so you should be all I mean, right. that's such a dad joke, Chad. Yeah, well. <laughs> I'm wearing socks and sandals, so that's <laughs> what <laughs> so I'm more embarrassed about. The good thing for you guys is that you all actually are dads, so. Yeah, yeah I just, like, the whole, like, got a face for radio. Maybe it's because I was in radio for a while, but, like, that dad joke just is super played out. It never dies. No. <laughs> I mean, it never dies. You're right. Because <laughs> you but kept it saying it. Get, <laughs> that's, that's part of what makes it a dad joke is, like. Mm-hmm. Dads don't is that what go. makes a dad joke a dad joke? Is a joke that doesn't die? Mm. Uh, I don't think one so. Of the, maybe yeah. one of like the qualifiers is like they'll just like continue to you know the the tongs, the stud finder. The stud finder is a great one. <laughs> stud right? finder's elite. Yeah, like it, yeah. Every yeah, right. dad's done that since they invented stud finders. <laughs> <laughs> that and the the whole joke of uh, <laughs> it's not heavy, it's just awkward. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's the biggest dad line of all time. Like, well, it's not that yeah. heavy, it's just awkward. When really you're carrying something heavy as hell. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> it's actually heavy. My favorite is is the dad who points at somebody who does a terrible park job, and he's like, nice park job, bud. Mm. That's like a dadism, too. That, and I'm guilty of that one. I do get very self-conscious if I like feel like I parked my car poorly. Do you? Oh, yeah. Is something that bothers you? I make sure to readjust, yeah. Mm. Okay. I, I readjust often as well. Yeah. I struggle parking my wife's car. Mm. I just Why? get it right I don't first know. Time. What do you What'd you say, Luke? Just get it right the first time, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to stress about it. To be fair, self-proclaimed, you're not a great driver. I, you know, have my accidents. So. <laughs> you're just a great parker. Is I've, that been what in the, you? I've been in the car with you once, and you were a great driver. I mean, I can parallel very well. Oh, yeah, yeah I drove you home that once. Yeah. I was in the car with you once, too. I was terrified from the back seat. <laughs> we were <laughs> behind schedule. <laughs> we were behind schedule. You were jamming. Uh, we were going to the podcast. Trying That's to get what it was. there, yes. Yeah. <laughs> It's like Big Daddy. Move over. Move out of the way. Move your ass here, people. It's terrible. That was pretty much Luke that day. But it's okay. You got us there, safe and sound. You got there. Uh, all right. So so anyway, I just wanted to call out the awkwardness. If you use this video, the reason I'm like like this is because I'm like actively <laughs> trying not to look at the camera. I know. That I know the is vibe's there. a little different because we're all like kind of facing the camera. Instead of I kind of like it, though. Other. Yeah. I'm here for it. Yeah. Uh, so let's just jump into that for a second. So mm-hmm. one of the 
differences in your world now is we are trying to focus a little bit more on video stuff. Yeah, and that's just, you know, I talked about it a little bit. Um, the landscape of marketing is always changing, and right now the big thing is short-form videos. Yep. Um, Thanks a lot, TikTok. Yeah, and I think, you know, that has a lot to do with, like, people's attention spans and uh, just the amount of media that's out there. People are doing less long-form stuff and doing more short-form stuff. Um, so I, I've always, like, taken it upon myself to make sure that, um, you know, as a brand, we are reaching people where they are. I've said that numerous times, uh, just trying to get in front of people where they exist, whether it is on various social media platforms or if they visit our website, um, you know, all of that kind of stuff, whether it is a podcast, um, just reaching them where they are and trying to be as fun and on brand as possible. So just basically telling the story of Sonder, which is, you know, storytelling uh, in just various ways. And, um, you know, I'm still a little worried about the capacity aspect of adding um, video to this. But um, I think that, you know, maybe starting with some clips and kind of working my way up from there. I'll get a little bit more used to it, a little better at it, and it won't take me as long. So, Do we um, have a YouTube channel? Uh, we do. Uh, it's mostly just Luke, actually. Uh, like <laughs> nice. His, his beer videos. <laughs> nice. Um, but honestly, with um, how much like video has changed, like Reels and TikTok, um, you know, a lot of our video content is really just on like Instagram and TikTok. Yeah, I, I get that. I guess I was just more wondering, so let's say this goes really well, you decide – Hey, I want to post the whole thing. People could watch the video mm-hmm. podcast. Where would they do that? I'd like to eventually get there, and it would have to be on YouTube. That's yeah. what I figured. Okay. Yeah. So stay tuned, I guess, is the mm-hmm. moral of the story. Um, yeah, you're working with us. We're working there. Um, so uh, we'll keep growing this thing, and I'm excited to get more video behind it. Uh, all right, family tradition. Uh, one of my favorite, uh, for obvious reasons, if you don't know, I've said this on, on multiple episodes now, go back and listen to our family tradition podcast when my dad joined us, um, something that means a lot to me for obvious reasons, and, and you'll hear it in that episode. But this year, uh, we're back, and it's going to be released the day after Thanksgiving, uh, affectionately known as Black Friday. And we will release it much like years past, where we go online with a uh, first-come, first-serve live uh, order form, right? Um, I actually literally just posted about it, like, 10 minutes before hopping on the pod here. So so you want to explain to people? Sure. Um, so 8 a.m. Uh, on Black Friday, uh, it'll go live on our Arrive site. So the same site that we use for our online website to order merchandise, um, it'll go online there. And it's basically kind of a mad dash to, you know, get everything into your cart and pay for it. Um, we do have a very limited amount on pretty much all of them. Um, we have a little bit more base than the rest of the adjuncts. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it'll go online there, and then we have a pickup window from 9 a.m. Black Friday to Wednesday, uh, November 30th at 10 p.m. when we close is the window to come pick up. Um, so logistics there, um, you know, we have it laid out everywhere. Say that, say that one more time for people. So uh, 9 a.m. If you place your order, how long do, until you have to either pick it up or have somebody pick it up for you? Yep, so we are allowing proxies, so... From 9 a.m. on Black Friday to 10 p.m. on November 30th, which is that Wednesday. So you get roughly five days to come get your beer. Um, Proxies are allowed, so all you have to do is make sure that you have the name of your proxy in the notes portion of your order, and then that person just has to show their ID. So in theory, um, if I'm ordering, if all four of us order family tradition allotments, but only I can go, uh, Luke, Chad, and Justin can all put me as their proxy, and I can pick up for them. They just have to make sure that they put my name in the notes portion of their app, and I can pick everything up. But you are not able to order more than your full allotment um, per credit card order. Um, we will not be giving refunds or giving you those bottles if you do order more than that. Um, and we will also be forfeiting bottles if you do not pick up by Wednesday at 10 p.m. Uh, it's just a logistics thing for us. We're already short on space. we got to get this stuff out of there. So um, please put it in your schedule to come swing by, pick it up when you can. Um, or if you know someone who is also ordering, have them be your proxy, have them come pick it up. Um, it typically is really not an issue. We actually extended the deadline this year. Um, please just make it work. Um, we're trying to do the best we can by making this available to you online so that you can do all your other Black Friday things and kind of plan your visit here to Sonder. 
Um, and honestly, if you really do not want to pay for bottles and just want to come try them on draft, we will have all five variants on draft as well uh, that morning. They will not last long, so get here early. Um, and honestly, if you are picking up bottles, I totally recommend trying to get here that weekend so that you know you can give them a try and then maybe squat on your bottles for a little bit, save them for a special occasion. Um, I'm sure Luke will get into how they will age and what the variants are. I don't want to spoil that for him, but... Um, yeah, I just recommend kind of, you know, getting that plan going. Uh, today is Tuesday, so I gave you plenty of time to listen to all the d- details and kind of just plan for it. You ready for this? Yeah. <laughs> I want you to talk about the beer itself. So family tradition itself, for those that don't know, it's a big barrel-aged base beer. It's a, it's a, a, a stout that's aged and blended in barrels. Mm-hmm. Talk about this year in particular, the barrels you used, and and then we'll get into, I want to go one at a time on the variants. So let's just start with the base beer. It's a big, what, 14% Imperial Stout? Yeah, so um, out of stainless, it's coming in around 12%. And then depending on how wet the barrel is, um, it goes from either 13 and then one variant, it's almost 17%. Jeepers, creepers. I didn't realize it got that high. Yeah. 17%, huh? Yeah, I'll, I'll discuss more of that when we get to it. Uh, how's that tickle you over there, Chad? I saw, I saw you move a little bit. Friday's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Are you coming in for the day? Yeah, I'll be here. Awesome. Awesome. Very good. I am bummed that I always miss that day. I'm always home in Cleveland. It's the same every year, Danny. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a you problem. I don't purposely miss it. I'm nice. just home with my family, Chad. <laughs> well played, bud. I'm fully aware when it happens. <laughs> well played. Uh, all right, so the base, the base beer itself. Talk about the barrels that it's aged in this year. This, it's the same base every year, right? Yeah, same base every year. Um, yeah, it doesn't change. Um, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, some things change. Uh, you know, switch out some malts here and there, uh, but nothing that's really going to be ever noticeable to the consumer. Um, and why, why? Why does that happen, Luke? So, t- so take us under the under the under the hood a little bit there. What would you? Is that something where you're just toying around with it and you're going, you know, what I really want to try this this malt or this chocolate or this whatever like why would you do that yeah and, and that aspect yeah uh because i don't want to change it too much from the actual brand now i'll say batch four that i brewed just year I, I tweaked it pretty aggressively uh so that will be a fun one we'll talk about that next year but um this so you've already brewed next year's and it's in barrels right yes that's awesome yes yep uh but yeah now i'll just try a different malster uh, maybe i'll switch out a caramel for an amber malt or you know just something like that just see what the difference is because i've never played with it and or it's when i taste the malt um, but yeah, you know, we always want to keep it the same. Um, we really want the differences to start occurring from the barrels that we yep. use. So originally, uh, batch one and two were only aged in one specific brand. So the first batch was Will at Rye. Second batch was all Heaven Hill five years. And now the third year we did uh 14 year old Will Jane barrels, Weller 12 barrels, um, Wild Turkey four year high rye. And then we did, um, Woodford Reserve, um, uh, malted whiskey. And so you blend those, right? And that's what makes a blend of those is what makes the base family tradition, right? Yeah. So we'll go through, I'll, I'll go through and taste them, see which ones, you know, have the flavors that I, I think are best for representing the base. Um, and then, you know, I'll separate out other ones that I think would do better as an adjunct. Obviously we want to take some of the best barrels to, you know, for two reasons, we want to have some of the best that we want to use and some that we don't want to use. And it's kind of cool, too, because you can use a kind of um, decent barrel that has maybe some low notes, you know, uh, maybe some darker notes of, you know, fruit or potentially some um, some roast. And then you can take some of the really good ones with the higher notes of like chocolate, molasses, and then, you know, drinking the, the, the mediocre one by itself. You're like, meh. But when you blend it with a higher note barrel, um, it can really make them sing together. So um, for the base, we'll do um, we'll do stuff like that. Uh, maybe a bad barrel with like two really good ones um, to really blend it out, but to show different um, characteristics that one single barrel won't give you. On top of when you're doing different ages, so the base this year was two Widow Jane, fourteen year olds, and then one High Rye, uh, four year um, Wild Turkey. 
where you're going to get is more kind of like tannin from the wild turkey um, and then a little spice. But then with the 14-year-old barrel, it's going to be a lot more mellowed out since it's going to have sat there for a while. It kind of strips some of the tannin from that oak. Um, and you're going to get more of a uh, kind of a little fuller mouthfeel than I feel like. Luke, as a uh, you know actual brewing process novice over here, um, what w- are you able to predict? You know when a barrel is going to be good or bad, or what goes into that? Uh, no, so um, with barrels, especially now after COVID and a lot how liquor laws change, barrels are really aggressive to get now. Uh, so prices have gone up quite a bit. So what used to be fairly easy to go to the Cooperage and pick up what you wanted, kind of thing. Uh, now it's just kind of whatever they have. Uh, so for this round, I got pretty lucky uh, with the barrels that we got. Um, the Woodford malted whiskeys were really different. Um, so those will actually those will be fun to play with. No one else liked them but me. <laughs> so uh, on the team, right? Yeah, okay. um, I'm excited to blend them out because they'll add a lot of different characteristics to um, some of the other beers. But uh, no, I don't know. Um, the only thing I can kind of guess is. If I want to extend age, I'm going to use an older barrel. Okay. Um, so it's not going to pick up a ton of tannin. So like a five-year would just be too young, right? Um, so that would be more like Weller 12s or the Widget, Widow Janes. Or, you know, I've had some 20-plus-year barrels that sat for almost two years. Um, and then ones that I like, I want to blend out or potentially use for an adjunct, I'll use a younger age barrel. Gotcha. Chad, what do you, what do you, <laughs> I, I've been watching you just <laughs> wanting to say something. Well, I want to clarify something. The, the term you use of bad beer, bad barrel, that's to your standards. It's not bad no, beer. No, it's not bad. Right? Yeah, that's that's I well mean, said. I was going to make a yeah. similar comment. Yeah, I was trying to say lower. Yeah, so like we, when you say bad, you just mean doesn't taste as good as. You're not pulling the barrel out. You're not pulling out the, the flavors right. that you want to get oh, so relative. you blend it, right? So, it could but, be, yeah. Yeah, but it's not a bad beer. No, it's not infected or anything like that. Yeah, no, it's um, exactly. it's uh, when you when you go through all the barrels, you or so what I do is I kind of rate them all out. Sure. Um, and then from there, I'll kind of mark them how I like them. Um, it's funny. You can try a barrel at, so it's around six months where I'll start trying barrels. Um, you can try them all and, you know, one that you love within three months can totally flip and vice versa. Yeah. Um, so it's really, really hard to kind of decipher what you're going to use. Um, so that also makes it more difficult too, because you're thinking, well, you know, it's kind of gone this far what can it do if I let it maybe six more months, eight mm. more months? What could I do with it further? Or you'll be like, this is pretty heavy tannin. I don't really want to keep this around um, because if I age it out longer, there might be more tannin characteristic. Um, or maybe that the barrel char was too high. I think the highest we use is four and the lowest we've done is two. Um, maybe the char is too aggressive. Um, and maybe we just don't want some of that smokiness. Or maybe want that smokiness to go into a double oak barrel, which we'll talk about further too. Yep. So, so if you age it, let's say, let's say you, you age it to a point, you go to try it and all of a sudden it's like, uh Oh, this, this wasn't what I was targeting. Yeah. Right. Then what do you do? Uh, it's the beauty of blending. Yeah. Um, so, you know, kind of with kind of sidetracking too with the grand reserve series that we've been doing as well, um, also floats a little bit with this, um, you know, with five different stout recipes down there, obviously we know try and true family tradition is what it is. Um, the grand reserve barrels are really also to allow for complexity and for not singularity. So some of those barrels are like, okay, you know, this is really close. Like, oh my gosh, I'm, it's just missing one thing. And it's going to be so sweet. And this barrel is going to bring it along. So that's kind of how it goes with the family tradition, too. You know, like, uh oh, didn't go where I wanted. But what is it that I like about it? Okay. What out of these 15 barrels that I just took really good notes on do I think is going to flow with it? And then that's where you're going to write the notes like wood, smoke, yep. vanilla. And then I'll write barrel 42, barrel 41, you know, and I'll, I'll categorize them. And then I'll go back like a, on a Venn diagram and just go boop, 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 boop. And then I'll be like, okay, this is the most common barrel that pops up in all these categories. Let's pull that one and try it. Awesome. You're making this sound like pretty straightforward. And I, ju- <laughs> and I just know it's not. It's absolutely not. Like, <laughs> but I think that's just how your brain works. Like that all makes so much sense to you and you described it so well. But in my head, I'm like, oh man, I don't, I, well, I think I get this. I'm glad like it came it. off. Well, this I was beer's like, good. <laughs> yeah. right. Beer, good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause I kind of want it. It's like, I feel like I'm 
not going enough into detail, you know. No, that made no. Like, I, I that, think I think it's great. It, that it, made really good sense. Like, and it tracks too, like with your process and the style of barrel aged beers we've released because we do a mix of barrel aged beers. We do, you know, fairly adjuncted. We do blended. We do straight, um, and they all come out. You know, I, I talk about it a lot. The compliment that we get a lot, it, and it's because of a lot of things, but. Uh, the way we describe beers is how they end up tasting, which is not something you can say about a lot of breweries. Um, and I feel like that extends to our barrel-aged beers really well, even though they are as complex as they are. Mm-hmm. Thanks, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that's fair. Uh, okay, so we've got the, the base family tradition. By it's the a, way. It's a blend of barrels. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, I'm going to release this on Thursday. So this is actually going to be the first available outlet for people to hear what the adjuncts are for perfect, perfect. Um, before we get into these i just want to say something to the people watching right there uh don't sleep on the base oh, yeah. oh my gosh yeah like the adjuncts are fun and they're always they, they never miss last year's base was one of the best beers i've ever had in yeah. my life yeah. yeah yeah i think that's well said thank you it's certainly well said. have you tried this year's yet by the way no i have not you i haven't had any already. of this oh, year's yeah. yet yeah. oh it's it's Don't delightful. sleep on it. It's delightful. Yeah. It's well, delightful. Then I want to go back. Actually, I didn't. Th- I just not thought about it, too. Uh, one reason why I'll also do small tweaks to the recipes is um, a lot of the process going forward for family tradition will be keeping post-stock. So say I have maybe batch two or batch three sitting in barrels. Maybe by batch five, I go back and say, you know, I really like what I did with batch four on this or three. And it's got this complexity to it. A lot more age. But then this batch five has got this. So I'll use this barrel to kind of soften out that note. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so you can blend batches kind of? Yeah, I'll back blend. Yeah. Not on barrel age, but, you know, older batches. So yeah. um, that was not done this year. Um, I guess we can just roll off into the first um, adjunct. Yeah, the first you want, one, yeah, and then you I'll, I'll get to it. it. Um, so, so, what, so why don't you just talk first about the one uh, maybe that you're uh, – well, you go in order. Yeah. Go first. Just, just let so, everybody know what, what's coming. So the base we already spoke, spoke about. Um, so it's just a three-barrel blend, uh, two 14-years and one four. Um, great beer. Um, really, what's going on with it? So I'm in, I'm in kind of – so this is kind of like my, my hell month. So <laughs> I have uh, – so I have to get all the anniversary barrels done, and then I have to get the Black Friday barrels done all within two months max. And we're a production facility, and I only have one tank. So, <laughs> so I'm flipping. So a lot. So I uh, apologize. Um, but, uh, ca- you know, the classic base is, you know, you're going to have a lot of fudge, a lot of chocolate to it, uh, a lot of thickness as well. Now, again, this is not because there's lactose. Um, none of the barrel-aged stouts besides Otto have lactose. So this is all from aggressive boiling. So we'll do nine-hour boils on our stouts. So, you know, we'll cook down a 30-barrel batch to, you know, 24, 23 barrels. And then we'll probably have 16 barrels total um, in the bright tank. So it's a 50% loss almost. Um, But, you know, that's what creates the beer. Yep. Um, You know, with that, then you're also bringing in the high, you know, the high right notes, which uh, really nice, nice spice level. And then with the the 14-year-old, 14-year-old Widow Jane barrels, um, it smooths out. It's a uh, light floralness from the oak. Um, you know, really just kind of sits soft on your palate. Um, and it's not, it's not cloying. It's not, it's not heavy. It's, it's a big mouth. It's a big chewy mouthfeel, but, um, it's, it's decadent. So what's the, what's the first variant you want to talk about? Okay. So from what I was saying earlier about, I'll say the best for last, but, um, from the one I was talking about earlier. So for this year we did a double oaked. Um, so as you guys probably have been realizing, we've been doing a lot more double oak beers here at Saunders. That's something that I really enjoy. Um, then we'll take kind of the next level, I believe, here shortly. But uh, this is batch three. So last year's batch that aged in Heaven Hill five-year-old barrel for 14 months. And then we were given a new riff barrel from, um, it wasn't from a club. It was from a gentleman who's doing a, a charity event with it. But um, the notes on this new riff barrel were very smoky, uh, not like not like peat, but just like 
I guess kind of like Pete, but not like gross. It was just like um, <laughs> smoked malt, you know, yeah, not sure. not meaty, but just but not a cigar. Let's put it that way, yeah. cigar. So we aged that out. I aged that out for another uh, ten months, and so a fifty-three barrel fill f- turned out to thirty-eight gallons. This is the one that came in just shy of seventeen. Um, reason being is it went into an extremely wet barrel that still had bourbon in it, and then it went into another barrel that had bourbon in it. So you're picking up all that. And then you're getting a lot of uh, the evaporation, so the viscosity behind it. I remember I was pulling a nail with uh, my laptop Helene, and I was just like, man, this just looks like syrup out of a bottle. Does it? <laughs> it was just super thick. This one's really cool because and I would really recommend this one to be drank at warmer temperatures. So the carbonation one is a little bit lower on it. Um, kind of give more of that viscosity and mouthfeel. We didn't want any of the uh, carbonation to kind of give an acidity to it. Um, it would kind of ruin the overall balance of the decadence of the, the oak that kind of gave more of that, that character from the vanillin in inside of it, but also from the long boil and then on top of the evaporation rate from 24 months in oak. Um, this one is just unreal. It's it's soft. It's really smooth. There's absolutely no heat on it. The nose and the palate are just... And, and to clarify, you mentioned it, but to clarify, this is the one you were referring to that is just under 17% alcohol. Yeah. And by the way, spoiler alert, doesn't drink like it. No. No, it's uh, it's so smooth. And Split the bottle. That's what I'm saying. Split the bottle yeah. with someone. Smooth. You, it's, it's heavy, heavy chocolate. Very common for our, um, for uh, the um, family tradition, but... There's this really nice smokiness to it. You yeah. Know, it's, um, it's delightful. It's, it's a very faint scotch smoke. It's, it's incredible. It's just really amazing to show what barrel characters can be given from, you know, where they are in the rickhouse and whatnot. And that's, you know, what we're really trying to target with the, with the layering of different oak. Um, and then, you know, it just goes down smooth, no heat. I mean, you'll feel it in your belly, but you oh, will yeah. not, it won't go down hot like a shot or anything like that. It's just overall delightful and just to clarify for for someone who might be dipping into this style of beer for the first time when you talk about chocolate and fudge that's strictly from the brewing process there's no actual chocolate added to the base or to the double oak right correct yeah so like all that's just coming from process so when you see those tasting notes Mm -hmm. those are just the taste that you're picking up it's not actually chocolate or coffee or anything added to it yeah i'd say a very uh a very common flavor for the family tradition base is going to be molasses maple syrup brown sugar chocolate and then depending on the barrels you know you're getting your tannin and or your rye um and then anything else is kind of coming from age so in this one smokiness um but if you are a big family tradition fan and you follow it every year um you know those are the common the common um complexities that that beer uh, brings out yeah so what's so you got the double oaked, so which oak. I know you're super pumped about. That one's you've a been good talking one. about it for a long time. It's a great one. It's yeah. a great one. Um, third one coming up is going to be uh, cinnamon, hazelnut, and I think it's uh, La Roja honey coffee beans. So basically, um, Stephen Huff over at Script and I got together, and um, he found a coffee bean that you know without going into the science of it, um, basically they left the exterior of the cherry from the coffee on it to let it referment. And then they did their roast or toasting or whatever with it. Basically, what that allowed us to give it more sweetness. Um, so this is an exclusive blend that Script has never done. They just did it specifically for us. Um, then we added um, just shy of about uh, forty pounds of to, uh, roasted hazelnuts to two two beer barrels, and then some Saigon cinnamon to flavor. Um, Say that last part again. Saigon cinnamon, the flavor. Say that five times fast. (laughs) (laughs) How is that different than cinnamon that's in Kenosha Kickers? It's the same. Saigon. Okay. Um, Aggressive. Not at all. Strong. Yep. Yep. How about that? (laughs) Yeah. Saigon cinnamon, from my experience, is the best cinnamon. It just follows through from nose to palate versus regular cinnamon. You just kind of get off the rip on your nose. Um, And then if you do get it in the flavor, it's going to be way too aggressive. And then you smell it, and it's like, well, this is way too aggressive. Uh, So Saigon's the best. Um, so yeah, this one's nice. It's, it's really nutty. Um, you know, it's, it's fun because with hazelnuts, you're always expecting the artificial flavoring. Yep. Uh, you don't get that. This is true to, uh, roasted hazelnuts. So it's, it's nutty. Um, to be honest, it's almost macadamia. You like, um, I love hearing that. Yeah, <laughs> I literally just looked at you like, all right, Danny. Let's yeah. Say. It's got that nice, uh, just that really nice character to it. A little bit of fattiness. Um, the coffee is really, really sweet. 
it's got more of a caramel character to it. Um, and then obviously your top, your, your typical, you know, nice coffee, excuse me, coffee notes. And then the cinnamon just kind of rounds it out. Um, so if you kind of think back to the habanero cinnamon family tradition that we did, it's present on the nose, slightly present in the flavor. It's not aggressive. It's just a little topical note that really just goes, that's nice. So we've got the base. We've got double oak, which, uh, to reiterate, uh, hit multiple barrels. That's what makes it double oak, right? Mm-hmm. So you take your product that's aged your base family tradition, which was last year's base family tradition, and then you aged in another barrel yep. for another 10 months. Mm-hmm. So you've got your double oaked. Um, double oaked, for, for context, will not leave the tap room. So what one thing that will change a little bit this year is all bottles will still be sold online. You pick up at the brewery. There will be a few, not very many. A few select outside accounts that are going to get a little bit of family tradition, which we'll talk a little bit about, Chad, um, here shortly. But uh, Double Oak won't leave our tap room. So you'll get, you'll get the opportunity for bottles, and you'll get the kegs that are here, and that's it. If you miss it, you miss it. Um, the next one you just talked about is uh, cinnamon hazelnut coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's next? After that, um, what was the last one? Oh, uh, cocoa nibs and vanilla. So, yes. Um, so, this one is fudgy because they had cocoa nibs. Correct. Yes. So, very <laughs> fudgy. Um, kind of common. So, I decided to really amp it. Um, so, we did uh, three quarters of a pound of vanilla beans per beer barrel. Um, and then... Is we that did, a lot, Luke? Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> is it a memorable amount? Yeah. <laughs> and it's Tahitian vanilla. So, it's a little sweeter. Um, Papua New Guinea. The way he responded to me when I said that was like in Step Brothers when he's like, are bonita fish big? Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, is that a lot of vanilla? Luke's like, this guy. This guy. This guy. <laughs> no, it's, it's a lot. It's actually really cool. Um, we'll have to talk about that. I mean, it's, it's like straight mallow. Straight mallow, bro. Mm. Love that. Really aggressive that. marshmallow on the nose. Like intense. Uh, it's, it's aggressive in a very, very good way. That's this is really the only one. Cool. I have not tried this. Yes. So Actually, this. that's not fair. I haven't tried the barley wine or the... In uh, fact... In uh, fact... Uh, oh, shoot. Can't edit it. <laughs> that's a, this is a me so problem. Bit. This is a me problem. I haven't tried... Uh, all I've tried are the double oaked and the base. Yeah. So there we go. How about that? Um, good. <laughs> uh, this one's nice. Um, and then I used the uh, Filipino or Philippines uh, cocoa nibs. Um, the thing that I really liked about this versus going through early ones is um, really, really, so obviously it's cocoa, so it's chocolate. But when you start trying nibs versus like processed cocoa, like chocolate, it's not milk sweet. You mean we don't just dump Hershey syrup in there? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, not this time. Um, it's, uh, you, you know, you see you're like, well, it's, it's got to be sweet. Like, yeah, Hershey's, no, it's actually so like sometimes, I mean, it's, it's bitter. Mm-hmm. It's um, it can be chalky, so depending on where it comes from. Typically, we use Ugandan for um, auto, so it's kind of got more of um, like a roast kick to it that kind of rolls with the coffee. Uh, this one was just straight fudge. This one was actually the best. You know, it's not sweet by any means necessary because there's no sugar in it, um, but it is very fudgy. So uh, took that one up to eleven and did uh, about uh, three pounds on that. Uh, so you're just getting a nice marshmallow chocolate bomb that really kind of sits well with the barrels awesome yeah pretty excited about that i'm excited about all of them obviously but uh okay what's the fifth variant yeah yeah, i'm so excited to hear this (laughs) so the fifth fifth variant uh so uh this is probably chase and i's favorite so it's uh our first barrel aged barley wine so this was a fun one um this one i did with uh straight maris otter um layered it with some caramel malts uh, we used an expressive English ale strain in-house. And then we used uh, molasses and a little bit of maple syrup. Um, this one fermented out uh, pretty low. So it came out of stainless around 9.5%, 10%. So its final gravity for a lot of people is like 13 Plato. Uh, what that means is we have beers start at 13 Plato for fermentation. <laughs> so That's crazy. A lot of sugar. Um, it <laughs> then went into... A lot of sap. A lot of yeah, sap. A lot of sap. So it then went into uh, high-weeded um, old elk barrels. And this batch sat for about 10 to 11 months. Um, and it's just stupid. Old elk is the barrels, for yeah. those that don't know. It's a, it's a bourbon. It's a bourbon. Old elk, high-wheat barrels, yeah. Out um, of Colorado, correct? Yes. Um, they source from MGP out of Indiana, but yeah. Okay. Um, I think they have their own liquids turn to come online now. But uh, yeah, this one's just dumb. 
Um, I hated these. I hated the barrels so much because, well, I mean, I still have a lot of them in barrels, so don't don't fret. Um, they leaked so aggressively. Um, I think it was because of how dextrinous the the beer was. Um, if you kind of think about honey, it used to be preservative because the osmosis and whatnot. If you put honey into a barrel, it's going to sleep right through. So mm. I'm kind of thinking it's on the same oh, sense. Wow. Um, but um, this one is just like banana fosters on the nose, like a little like caramel, just super decadent, but not sweet at all. It's just it's a big big chewy mouth feel um the barrel is so faint if anything if, if it gives any flavor of barrel it just adds to the complexity of the beer the beer is just so big it just kind of engulfs anything that like you threw at it um it's 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 it's, it's it finishes incredibly smooth um for what it is this one probably came out around or this one came out around 11 percent um due to it being low going in and you know not sitting as long this one's probably, I was bottling this the other day with Matt Weiss on a bottling line when I was talking about it. Him and I both agree this is probably the most complex beer that I've made that isn't blended. So singularly, just the way it tasted from stainless to the age and the amount of different flavors from the nose to the palate to the finish, you would think it was a blend of like three or four beers because it's just so, just so in-depth, you know? Yep. Um, Excited about it. So we're really, really happy about how that one turned out. Um, we got, I think I have like seven more barrels of that sitting around. So, I mean, that one, I have fun projects to do in the future. But it was also really kind of fun to, if you guys follow Family Tradition, know this kind of goes a little bit off of BCBS. Uh, we finally put a barley wine into line. So now we're really trying to, now it's really kind of falling in line to the, the Bourbon County Stout brand. Um, and it, it just worked out really, really well. Um, it wasn't planned. And then last minute it did. And I'm really happy that we did throw it into the lineup. I am too. I'm, and and yeah, true son of tradition. Right. Yeah. Right. It's almost a family tradition. Right. Almost. <laughs> uh, so there you have it. So uh, how much have you been listening, Chad? Quick recap. What are the variants? We have base. We have double oaked. We have coconilla. We have the hazelnut cinnamon coffee. And we have a barley wine. Oh, come on. Yeah. Come on. Uh, which one are you most excited about, Danny? Probably double oaked. Okay. Um, Double Oaked Illuminati is one of my favorite barrel-aged beers we've ever done. Um, I'm stoked for that one. Those are always really complex. Chad, what about you? It's the base, man. Yeah, It's all about that base. I, I was going to say it, but i let you take it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for letting me land the plane, bud. I, some of my favorite beers have been the, the variants that we've done in the past. Uh, Raspberry Truffle comes to mind. was one of my yep. favorites. Uh, I just had a cinnamon habanero two weeks ago. Drinking fantastic. I drink a cherry almond crisp. So did I. Uh, oh, yeah. so did I. Really good. Uh, but again, the base, like every year, just it's the star of the show for me. So I'm, I'm excited. Which one are you most excited about seeing how people receive it, Luke? So you've obviously tried all of them. So, yeah. so asking you which one you're most excited about isn't fair. And you were part of the production of all of them. So... So when you when I ask what you're most excited about, it's it's I'm curious what you're most excited about getting into people's hands. You know, and I hope it's well received. But I think it's the barley wine. Um, it's just not. It doesn't drink like the traditional hopped up American style. I don't really think there's been a really good barley wine since um, Fifty West did their ten and two from. So that's a great beer. Ten and, ten and two is a great beer. Yeah, the old, yeah. Um, so I mean, I just I is this a similar beer for those that may or may not remember it? Is this a similar base beer of what Big John was, or is it a completely different barley wine? Totally different. Totally awesome. different. Yeah. Is this more on the English side? Yes. Okay. Heavily. Okay. Mm-hmm. So more malty, more big, biscuity, less on that bitter hop character. Yeah, I wouldn't say as much biscuity too. Um, I would say it's um, it's it's really old school like. Molasses, okay, brown sweet, sugar, caramel, brown yeah, sugar, yeah, but not like cloying, not yeah. pastry or anything like that. It's really well balanced. So to be honest with you, the IBUs in this is actually sixty. Oh wow, that's really low. But it's really high. But but people don't see that's. I was, that's, I was thinking higher. Sixty IBUs is pretty pretty big. Um, family traditions fifty IBUs. Okay. 
I guess um, we're so we don't really do the IBU yeah, game very it's much. Because, so. It's because most people just don't know what it means, right? They yeah. use it as a barometer, but they don't know what it means. Yes. I guess I was thinking of like big hop bombs too. Being right, like exactly. Like 80, 90 IBU. So. Yeah. yeah. So just think like a traditional IPA. I think record hop's 50. Okay. Yeah. So for context, this is a little bit more than that. So it's, but you don't, it's but very be, balanced. But because of the balance of the sweetness, you don't taste. No. It doesn't taste bitter. Not right? at all. Like, no. And that's what people don't understand. Yeah, oftentimes, and and it's it's no one's fault. It's just a it's yeah. a lack of education, I yeah. think, and and uh, experience with it. It is an inherently confusing. Absolutely. Like, um, mm-hmm. What do you, I mean? Well, characteristic. Because because generally speaking, I think people associate IBUs with ho- with hops, mm-hmm. um, or a big bitter hoppy monster, and don't realize that there's actually like incredible bitterness in a lot of stouts that IBUs are high, but. They don't taste right in the same way act. because of the balance. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So that's why we don't really go down that path. Yeah. Um, all right. So before we before we jump out of here, thank you for that, Luke. I'm 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 so pumped about it. Uh, you bef- didn't say which one you were the most excited about. Um, I would say I'm probably most. Uh, uh, I don't know, um, because you're gonna make me give you an answer because I have mm-hmm. to. Um, I'm not going to say double oaked because I've already tried it and I've already tried the base of the three that I haven't tried or, or yeah, three that I haven't tried. I would say I'm probably most intrigued by, um, the barley wine. Mm. Um, but I'm equally excited about all of them, obviously. Um, before we jump out of here, Chad, let's talk a little bit about the decision that we've made as a company this year to send a little bit of draft of family tradition to our distribution partners so that, consumers can get them um at accounts yeah so i think we've we've realized that um there's obviously desire for this out in the market but you know as as luke's talked this is i I always say brewing you betcha brewing blanc those are those are science and this is art and so it's hard to predict when they're ready sometimes they're ready in 12 months sometimes they need 18 months and then you got to blend it and everything else so it's you know, Luke's an artist, the team down there, this is their artistry. So we don't know how much is coming out. We don't know when it's coming out. But it needs to be appreciated. You may not have an opportunity to come and get your bottles or come in and try them on draft. So we want to get it out to, to the market as much as we can uh, so people can appreciate the barrel program that we have here at Saunder. Uh, so we do have a little bit of draft that we're going to be taking to a couple events both in Ohio and uh, Northern Kentucky. Uh, follow us on social, and you know, Danny, I'm sure that you'll help help out with the team on on making sure that people know when these things are happening. Um, we will be setting up events centered around these beers, uh, so you can come out, try these beers, and then also have some of your favorites that you know, like you betcha in Boston and everything else. Um, but yeah, for the for everyone that's listening. Don't think that we're going to have so much of it out in market that you don't have to come here uh, that yeah, well, weekend. So, so I w- I'm, I'm kind of on the fence of, of how much exactly, right? Um, we could start here. I, I'm okay talking through this a little bit. Um, Luke, why don't, we just, why don't we just go ahead and tell people um, how many bottles of each are we selling? Yeah, so um, from what's predicted so and from what actually is, I actually did the numbers today. So right now what we'll have is we'll have – you know, plus or minus some things that might happen to them. So 175 of barley wine, 175 of cocoa, about 190 of double oak. Family tradition base will have 298. And then the coffee hazelnut will most likely come in around 178 as well. I have to bottle that off too on Friday. So if you do the quick math on that, right, Danny? So so we have, let's just call it, I, I don't know, thousands of people who follow us, right? Yeah, and 1,200 bottles. Right, so so do the quick math. Um, these will sell out incredibly fast. Yeah, I mean the adjuncts last year were gone literally in a minute, and I'm not exaggerating. Yeah, I mean, uh, stop sleeping on the base. Uh, <laughs> I I think it took three minutes for the base. Yeah, and I mean was everything was, had, <laughs> and that was just because we had double the amount of them. Everything was gone in in thirty minutes or less, and and I think it was significantly less than that. Yeah. I, I I would imagine the same to be this year. Which means, if you don't get bottles, your only other option is to get it on draft. We will have a keg of each on draft in the tap room. Mm-hmm. And when those kegs are gone, they're gone. And then we will have 
less than 10 accounts right. in market that will get a keg of this. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean and there's six barrel kegs that yeah. exactly. will not last long. Right, give or take a little. Yeah, and this isn't um, like trying to hype this up more than it is. Like, this is just the fact of the matter is this is the supply that we have. Yep. And it's very special, and you should seek this out if you're a fan of Sonder, if you're a fan of the style of beer. Like, don't miss this. And if you do miss it, we're going to try to provide some opportunity for it in market. But don't think that, oh, I'll go to the one next week. Because there's probably not going to be one. This right. is incredibly limited. And, 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 and so you just heard um, you just heard Luke talk about the passion of this project, right? Danny, you, you said it really well. He, he simplified it down, but also did a really good job of talking about the complexity of the project, right? For sure. It's more than a year in the making. For one of these... Uh, it's almost two full years in the making. So there's only finite space to store barrels. There's also only finite space inside of barrels, and there's only finite barrels we can get, right? So you start dwindling that down. That's what makes this beer incredibly limited, Mm -hmm. right? We're also not uh, Anheuser-Busch, and so we don't have the space to release hundreds of thousands of bottles of this like Bourbon County does, right? So this will not linger on shelves. The bottles won't even hit shelves, Um. It's just a very passionate project that we have that means a lot to us with limited availability. And so, Chad, I like what you said. We're not trying to overhype it. We just want people to know that if you want this, you got to pay attention to where it's going to be right. because it's not going to be a thing where it's everywhere. No, it's not, you betcha. It's not. Right. It's not even auto or barrel-aged auto. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah. Um, which is a fantastic beer, by the way. We haven't talked enough about that. <laughs> Today's not the show for that, but yeah. we haven't talked enough about that. Um, what are you excited about when it comes to uh, the opportunities with our, our fun and, and supportive retail partners by getting this into some of their accounts? Well, there's a couple of things there. One is being able to say thank you because yep. we talked about how limited this is, right? And we want to be able to thank everybody. We appreciate every single account that is selling Sonder Beer. Unfortunately, we don't have enough to sell, give it to everybody and so they can, they can sell it. But for the accounts that we are able to organize and put together an event, uh, to be able to say thank you to them, take this beer, take this program to the market. Um, like you said, we, we are limited on space, but we have hopes to continue to grow this barrel program, and this program deserves a lot more attention from because Luke and the team put their, their heart and soul into this. Yep. And, you know, if you look at what we've done this year with Grain Reserve, Blend 1, 2, and 3, I had a uh, Reserve 2 today at a tasting, and the uh, the buyer was blown away by Reserve 2. You go look at the board right now with all the barrel-age auto stuff that we have. There should be more attention to this. We just can't produce enough because we're limited on space, limited on time, limited yep. on barrel, everything else that you just talked about. It's a process. And it is, and we want to continue to build it. And this is just the first step in us being able to take some of this to market and bring more attention into, yes, we make great Germanic beers. We make a great hazy. We also make a damn good barrel-aged beer. Yep. And people need to know that. So I'm excited for, for our team to be able to take that out and celebrate their hard work uh, out with some of our partners. For sure. And I know Luke's very passionate about getting these products out into the market and getting more people trying them. So I'm excited about those events for yeah. sure. We might have to bring Luke out to an event or two so he can kind of talk about this process. We may or may not have an event that as soon as we turn the mics off here that I'll be talking to you guys about. Yeah, follow us on social. (laughs) (laughs) Chad, just plug in social. I love it. Hey, man. I'm here for it. Let's Uh, try to sell beer, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You want to hit the last segment? Yep. I know you're ready, Chad. I could just sense. I can sense it. <laughs> I did have a song ready. I, I, why I looked, are you laughing at me? Because I looked outside and I was like, "Dang it! This is just going to turn into a joke." Um, oh boy. It is now. Yeah, I know. I'm going. I'm going real old school on this. Uh, but when I old school, I say like '90s. 
Um, Something sexy about the rain. There was a new uh, remastered <laughs> version of November Rain, like Guns oh, N' Roses. Is and then, like, it's actually raining outside, and it's November, and I was like, damn it, this is just... Yeah, what's you, wrong with you? But I'm still going with it. You're corny as hell, Chad. <laughs> that song bangs. I believe you. The remix of it does? Or the remake of like, it does? It's just, like, remastered. Uh, okay. And then I watched the music video, and it was, like, one of the greatest music videos of all time. Oh, really? You okay. don't know the November Rain music video? No. I don't. I know the Purple Rain music this is video. My disappointed face. Purple Rain. Yes, yes. This segment, Go ahead, talk to the camera again. This segment gets too clunky with the camera. Turns so out this is all just a big prank on <laughs> Chad that I thought the camera was. <laughs> if you could just look right at the camera and talk to it again, that'd be awesome. I've been punked. <laughs> uh, what you got for us, Luke? Give us a song you got on repeat right now. You know. Um, Throwing some weights around, you know, getting healthy again, shit. So, um, <laughs> uh, ludicrous, man. I've been uh, really digging some of his old stuff, chicken and beer. Um, okay. Great favorite, album. my favorite one is uh, Diamond in the Back. Yep. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Song slaps <laughs> hard. Usually, uh, usually when I pump up to get to the gym. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's funny you know about that. Yeah, it's a great album. Love it. I'm going through all of his albums. I'm like, man. Slept on this. <laughs> Ludacris was elite back in the day. <laughs> what you got for us, Danny? Uh, Chainsmoker by Marco Penn. Just a uh, kind of a funny song about vices. That kind of just a fun listen. Nice. Uh, I got a different genre today. Okay. I don't. I don't go this genre very often. Okay. Well, I guess it depends on what you would consider this genre. It's uh, officially cold, so we can't do country anymore. I mean, I can, but I. I won't. I won't. Uh, Forgive me by Odessa. Okay, I have a I have some friends that are very into uh, Odessa. Yeah, what would you classify her or that? No, I don't know. Uh, why I said her. I what mean, would you classify like, that? It's like rave music. Yeah, like they play it at like all of the <laughs> like I I have a group of friends that really love like all of the stereotypical like you know go do drugs in the forest type raves. How and Odessa is big in that community. How do you take his face oh, really? seriously when he's like? <laughs> 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 Well, it's like kind of awkward. He's like trying to like see me over the mic. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah, I guess that's fair. I mean, I'm not going to raves or anything. But no, I wasn't saying you were. But uh, my friends that do really enjoy their music. Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, it always comes out so hot and heavy. This was fun, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, right? <laughs> yep. beat. It is sick beat. Yeah. Uh, dude, Ludo was so good. Yeah, and the thing I like the most is like he would do like five like different verses versus one verse and repeat it, and then do like four different auto tunes to yeah. it. You're like, okay, let's continue. There was a point in time where any song that featured Ludacris was the hottest song. In the world. Oh yeah, there was a time. Uh, okay, thank you guys. Uh, thanks for all you do, Luke. Yes, thank you. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, man. Heck yeah. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. I was always taught to use my manners with a meal.